0: You're listening to full-blown coverage, the football podcast no one is raving about yet. I'm Mark and I'm joined each week by Andrew Irvin and Ken Menard. Look at you two. Tuesday night derelicts, both of you. Absolutely.
1: Love Tuesdays. Weird. How could you interrupt this playoff, Yankees playoff game with a freaking podcast? I know. I'm a monster. Mar- Mark,
2: let me pose you a question. What's better than tacos and baseball? Nothing.
0: Mm, I wings and football.
2: That's fair.
1: <laughs> it's a fair point.
2: Or queso in
1: point. any other sport? <laughs> Celery <laughs> sticks and basketball. <laughs> queso and cricket.
0: Queso and cricket. There you go. Week four left us with several thrillers. One winless team and one undefeated team. Four divisions with winning records with two in each conference and a lot left to be decided. We'll cover key highlights in our weekly roundup our over and under reactions, invite an adult man named Poopy to the parlay party, comb the trash for last minute roster fills, and throw it way back for our grab bag. But first.
2: The content of this podcast is not intended to be a word to gambling. Instead, the information we present is meant for nothing more than informational and entertainment purposes. Full-blown coverage and its affiliates are not liable for any losses that are incurred or problems that arise from consideration of this podcast content. If you are gambling utilizing information from this podcast, you are doing so completely
1: and totally at your own risk. But if you feel that you may have a gambling problem or addiction, there are many outlets by which you can seek help. If you do not know what responsible gambling is, this especially means you.
0: Thursday Night Football, Jacksonville at Cincinnati. There's no surprise that the Jags would be the Jags, blowing a 14-point lead at the half to let the Bengals win 24 to 21. But the real surprise came after the game, when video footage leaked of a young woman dancing near Urban Meyer's lap at his restaurant in Columbus, Ohio. Meyer would issue an apology in a press conference on Monday, only to have a second video drop an hour later in which he fondles the same woman's bottom, Drew, this seems like suicide by cancellation. Will Meyer even make it through his first season in the NFL?
2: I don't know. I have a, I have a new theory though. I remember a couple of years ago, an NFL player was basically saying like, "You have to have that guy that's in your posse or entourage that tells you like what to do and what not like what you shouldn't do."
3: Mm-hmm. You're keeping it real, guy.
2: The keeping it real guy. That's that. I think I've talked about on this podcast where it's like. Hey, maybe don't do that. That seems like a bad idea. And I'm curious if he thought Tim Tebow was going to be that guy for him because like if he if he ran this whole idea past Tebbs, like there's no way he'd be like, "Yeah, this is a good idea. Don't take the plane trip back to Jacksonville. Yeah. Just stay here. Party it up. We're 0 and 4." You know like what would what would Jesus do bracelet? He should have a what would Tebow do? bracelet because timmy (laughs) wouldn't have done that
0: (laughs) timmy would not have done this
2: maybe he is actually interested in this usc job and he just didn't want to quit his fifth straight head coaching job and is just looking for a way out because that's the only explanation i can think of it seems pretty pretty idiotic
0: yeah i mean this does this does seem like head coach seppuku and i know i said this a couple weeks ago already but does this guy even want to be here? I mean, does he even want to be here now that they're 0 and 4? It seems like he wants to be here less and less every game. I mean, he looks like the lights have been drained out of his eyes now, like a like a football golem or Draco Malfoy's sketch of what he thinks a muggle looks like. In his defense, he's
2: kind of always looked like that. I mean, he I
0: thought he showed
2: more emotion at Ohio State. Well, when you're 0-4, what kind of emotion are you supposed to show? I
0: guess that's what I'm saying is this is the first time, you know, what what did he lose, like nine games total, you know, (laughs) when he was there. Now he's lost four in a row. But, I mean, this is a testament to the fact that professional football, guess what, it's a lot harder to coach than college. You've got a salary cap. You can't just throw Jeep Gladiators in a 17-year-old's driveway and expect them to show
2: up (laughs) at training camp. (laughs) That was good. I mean, look at Saban. Look at Nick Saban. Yeah, exactly. That's why Saban doesn't coach in the
1: NFL. <laughs> that was like a move that he probably could have done in college and gotten away with it. Cause let's be real wherever he was the head coach. Um, he was probably really a more valued employee than the president of the school. And more likely than not making a hell of a lot more money and probably the highest paid state employee wherever he went. But It's very odd because, you know, he was so intense, and he got he had these health problems and stuff. But you're right, Mark. It's a lot easier to just recruit better players than people than the other team, put them in a good position. But I mean, you know, there's a lot of things going on there. You know, the whole Tebow fiasco was a joke. Tebow hadn't played a down in the NFL since 2012. Uh he hired the uh Iowa strength coordinator who got fired for making racist remarks and bullying people and then he said yeah I checked it out and I worked with him in, at Utah and the guy worked at Utah in 1998 and Urban Meyer didn't get there till like 2002 2003 right um he got fined for uh violating rules of co- of contact uh during team activities He also had like an open competition for Gardner Minshew to take the number one overall pick's job. Drew's favorite player in the league. Oh, yeah. Uh, They had issues with vaccination rates and players being cut because they were vaccinated or not. Um, And the the players' union was like, you know, a big what the fuck. But they're bad. There's really the end to them being horrible isn't coming, you know, next week. And now that, you know – they may be able to make a bowl game at six and five. <laughs> it's just, and salvage their year. It's just not going to happen. Like, let's be real. They're probably going to go what two and fifteen. But if they went zero and seventeen, you probably wouldn't be shocked.
0: No, they they could. They easily could. Uh, another thing, and we've talked about it on an on an earlier pod, which is who hires Daryl Bevel as your <laughs> offensive yeah. coordinator. Yeah. But let me let me put it to you this way. And every Seahawks fan will tell you this. Who hires Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer? Yes. Schottenheimer is the passing game coordinator, coordinator, and the quarterback's coach for the Jags. They were both terrible offensive coordinators for the Seahawks. I mean, it's it's just more for my seppuku theory.
1: Well, well, right then and there, what, what does that tell you? He really didn't even do any, any like due diligence on what assistant coaches to hire. I mean, the NFL is going towards let's hire the best 35 year old offensive mind we can find. All right. So he hired two guys with a lot of experience that were just that were (laughs) out of work. And the rest of the NFL was probably applauding because they're like, man, they're really going to suck. That's easy wins for us. Right. So he hires these guys because they had NFL experience and they could maybe do a lot of things that he didn't really realize that he had to do, but this whole thing is, like, and, and let's be real. Like we talked about this. I thought that was going to be a good hire. I mean, I thought he was going to be, he's a good football coach, no matter what, but you know, there's the Jimmy Johnson's and Tom Coughlin's, the Pete Carroll's. And then there's, you know, the Nick Saban's and Steve Spurrier. You know, they just were like, gave it a shot, and they're like, "Fuck, I got to actually start fucking doing work now."
2: If this incident we started talking about had happened when he was at Ohio State, nobody would have blinked an eye. And honestly, if it happened to like Cliff Kingsbury this week, nobody would have blinked an eye. But when it when you're 0 and 4, like it's just a bad look. So I think just the aware the awareness of being 0 and 4 and having this this video come out of you partying and stuff like that, like. I, it probably didn't even register to him because he was in Ohio and he was a legend there and he could do whatever he wanted. And like, I mean, would would we be talking about this if, if he was the Ohio state coach right now?
0: I don't think so. And I, I again, this is sort of credence to, to my point too, where I do not think there are very many head coaches that come out of college football that didn't first spend time serving as like an assistant coach in some capacity in the NFL. And you can't even say it about Pete coming from USC to the Seahawks because Pete worked in the NFL as an assistant coach prior to his tenure as as, as a, as a college coach. Yeah. I I, just, I can't think off the top of my head. All I can think of the ones are, are who, who has failed, you know, who has tried to come straight from college to the NFL and they make for shit coaches, and they're way over their head because it's a totally different game. It just goes to show. Yeah. The other thing I thought was super weird about the Jags game uh, is that at the end of the first half, uh, you know, of course, the Jags are up 14-0. They have this chance in the final moments to go up 21-0. to They are on, you know, they're on the goal line, and they continue to go for it. They choose to run a read option with Lawrence instead of just doing a quarterback sneak. How tall is this guy? Isn't he six foot six? Why wouldn't you quarterback
1: sneak at fourth and two? Here's the thing: like in college, you could recruit better athletes, simplify things for him, and just be like, go do this. Like now he's like the his offensive genius doesn't really look very genius because now he actually has to put in the work. To be able to do all this stuff. But here's, here's something, here's a question though, for you guys. I don't know if you guys know, cause I don't, I, I can probably look it up, but if he resigns, he probably gets very little money, if any, but if he gets fired, they probably have to have to negotiate some kind of a buyout. So if he does dumb shit like this and maybe him and his wife are in cahoots on it because maybe she doesn't want to do it anymore either. Maybe she sees that, you know, he sucks at it and, you know, she doesn't really fucking care and pretending to care, but they want the money. So likely if he gets fired, he's going to keep, he's going to get a a decent compensation where if he fucking just resigns after four weeks, not only does he look like a slapdick and a bad coach, Because he already does, but he's going to look like a bigger one But he probably doesn't get any money at all
0: Yeah, this is starting to sound like A QAnon podcast to me
1: (laughs) Why? Because I said the word Cahoots? (laughs) Drew loves the word cahoots
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I will move on The last thing I want to say though On Jacksonville is the truth is probably That he stepped off the plane After he got the job, realized he was in Jacksonville And did a Will Arnett
2: I've made a huge mistake
0: yeah, for sure. It's possible. It's possible. Week four saw the Cowboys and the Ravens slay the Panthers and Broncos top ranked defenses, respectively. The Chiefs, Seahawks, and Bucks all logged bounce back wins and left the Cardinals as the only undefeated team in the NFL, humbling the Rams on their own home turf. Ken, you probably think my question will be about power rankings, but the real question is Did you know that the Jets beat the fucking
1: Titans? I did. I was watching, I had red zone on my phone while I was do, go, driving around doing all this stuff, and I was pleasantly surprised. Good for the Jets. Like, Zach Wilson played pretty good. That touch, that deep touchdown pass late in the game was great. But shockingly, they commit a pass interference, what was it, on third down, and they, the game would have been over. And, of course, they did the, a typical Jets thing. But you know what? Good for the Jets, man. I mean, Saul is a good coach. They, they've, Their GM, from all reports, really isn't, like, a bad one, you know. But for the Titans to lose that game, man, like, they should have kicked the shit out of them.
0: Yeah, AFC South is in trouble, I think. I mean, obviously, we just talked about the Jags being at the bottom of it, but if the Titans are 2-2 two and two and at the top of it, oof. I, I think the Titans are in trouble. And I got this weird feeling they just don't, other than Derrick Henry, who's a beast, they don't really look like the same team to me.
2: No. Well, they did have they did have some pretty crucial injuries this week with their wide receivers. But I do think this when I saw this question I thought the Titans and the Saints and the Seahawks and the 49ers are all two and two. And like what do you guys think about those teams? Like I I don't know. Like the Titans still wouldn't shock me if they were in the AFC Championship game. Nope. You know, if they get those wide receivers back and they get uh, Derek Henry rolling like he always does late in the season. The saints had one of the most impressive wins of the year, and then they just lost to the giants. I don't think anyone knows what the Seahawks are going to be. And, and 49ers were kind of a trendy pick as well. I don't, I don't know. What do you guys think? Maropolo status is up in the air. If they have to play Trey Lance the whole season, I think the
1: Niners are in trouble. And, and, and I said this last year too, at what point is Kyle Shanahan on the hot seat? Like, He's had one winning season. Yes, he made the Super Bowl, but every other year they've had quarterback problems. They're, you know, Garoppolo's hurt more injuries than any other team in the league. And yes, he's probably a really good coach, but at the end of the day, you know, this is a this is a results driven business, and if you're not producing results, you know, he did have a six year contract. He's probably got what like another year left after this or something, but. At some point, his feet need to be held to the fire because if he doesn't win, if you don't win, they're not going to keep you around. Right. Yeah. But, you know, in the AFC South, Drew, think about it, right? The T- Titans are 1 0 in the division. The Texans are fucking awful. The Jaguars are fucking awful. The Colts are pretty good. They got a shot, but like, you know, Tennessee could probably win that division at what, 10 and seven?
0: Their defense has to start playing better, too. Yeah. They're allowing an average of, like, 27, 28 points a game. Granted, they're, they're playing the Jags, and they're going to play other teams in the AFC South, you know, d- during the rest of the season. But guess who that includes, too? The Chiefs. They also have to play the Bills in two weeks. They play mm-hmm. the Rams. Uh, they have a game versus the Saints. They play the Pats. I don't know. I You know, those are games – that if they continue to play the way they've been playing, particularly defensively, yikes.
1: I, well, I don't I mean, know. Somebody, somebody's got to win the division. And maybe it's Indy. You know, Wentz didn't look that bad. The Dolphins, I, I mean the Dolphins are really aren't a good team right now.
0: I think the best argument for the Titans winning the AFC South is exactly what you just said. Is somebody yeah. has to win it. And I don't see, I don't see those other three teams doing any better than them, which probably oh, okay. means that they do but they might be one of those teams that limp into the playoffs at the head of yeah. a division with a losing record. Like, you know, we've seen the NFC East do twice before. Oh, in the, we saw the
1: Seahawks do it, what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. But here's, here, I mean, how freaking good is Kyler Murray though? Like is this the year that we see Kyler Murray like healthy for the whole season? He played all the games the last couple of years, but he started getting banged up down the stretch. I mean, by the way,
0: Arizona, uh, uh, I mean, the only undefeated team in the NFL, three of those wins are
1: away. Yeah, dude, they're good, man. They're a good team. And, and, like, and just having – think about their defense. J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. Buda Baker's really good. Isaiah Simmons. It um, was, was Zaden Collins. Uh, and uh, also that guy Byron Murphy's really good. I mean, they got weapons on the outside. They're paying Kyler Murray on his rookie deal right now. So they, they better take advantage of this season and next, man, before they got to they pay that guy. Yeah. because he, he. I mean, right now, he's probably the front runner for MVP, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, they look great. I also think the AFC North is kind of putting it together with the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns. Yep. Um, they're all sitting three and one. It'll be interesting to see how that division shakes out because, frankly, at this point, any three of those teams I could see making a
1: run. Dude, if you get drafted by the Bengals, how fucking miserable is that? Like your whole like your whole life, you, you're working to get working your ass off to go to the NFL and you get drafted by like the Jags or the bank. I mean, the granted three and one. But I mean, it just sucks that a guy like Joe Burrow is going to have to go to a franchise that's cheap. They don't sign free agents. They don't trade in. The, they don't trade their draft picks. They don't really do much. They're very old school with the way they do it, because obviously they're, you know, their owner's the son of one of the greatest coaches of all time. But uh, it's got to just suck to be, have to get drafted by one of those teams. Like, at least if you go to the Jets, you're in New York. You can make a name for yourself, but
2: who the fuck cares about the Bengals? What's the worst team to get drafted by? It's probably the Jags. Or the Jets. The Jags. So, But to, Ken, to Ken's point, at least with the Jets, you do have the opportunity that if you do something – there's a there is a big Jets fan base and you're in New York City. You're not in Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> it, there's actually an opportunity with the Jets that if you did something, you would be a god there. Broadway Joe. There you go. Where, whereas I feel like with the Jags, like, you know, who cares? The best
1: place to eat in Jacksonville is Hooters. <laughs> Hooters sucks.
2: Let's be real. <laughs>
0: What do you yeah. think? What do you think now that we're entering week five? And granted, they're only trailing by one game, but when you're looking at the AFC West now, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos all have three wins. Chiefs are at two and two. Do you think they start to get worried
2: now a little bit about having to play some catch up? If I had to ask you guys with a gun to your head, like who you would pick to win that division? Chargers. You would with a gun to your head? You'd pick against the Chiefs? They look better. I don't know, man.
1: Chiefs are pretty damn good. And Andy Reid's going to find a way to outcoach that guy, Brandon Staley.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. He's got some balls of steel going for it on every fourth down.
2: Seems like it's going to pay off for him. I have a feeling the Chiefs are going to be two and three after this week because, I mean, I love the Bills.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. they got to play the Bills this weekend. What about the Cowboys look good, too, to me?
2: I just want to see how long we could not respond to any, cow- <laughs> any Cowboys talk because we we've gone we've gone uh, a year and a half without talking about the Cowboys. So I just wanted uh, yeah. that awkward silence in there. Actually, maybe you can insert some crickets. Yes, I can. <laughs> They're in a shitty division. I mean, Washington's going
1: to give you a game every week, and who knows? Hey, look, man, the Giants are two plays from being three and one. They're the offsides penalty on the kick. And they're a dropped interception in the end zone from beating the Falcons. They're two plays from going three and one. It's true. 17-game season. Maybe 0-3 isn't a death sentence. You know? But the Cowboys are good, man. I, I mean, I've always said I love Dak. I love everything that he does. But it looks like they maybe have a defense now. With an insurmountable
0: 23-7 lead over the Broncos, the Ravens chased the rushing record instead of taking a knee in the final seconds of the game. Drew... This is a dick move. It's a full-blown DMV
2: dick move. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't really care, actually, that much about it. But um, it got me to thinking, like, like yards is such an arbitrary number anyways. Right. Why do we use yards? We don't use anything but feet in this country anyways. And now we're going to do yards by football. And, like, he has 100. Like, would we really care if it was – 300 feet he's gotten <laughs> 300 feet every game for 40 games or whatever it is I had a lawn guy over the other day and he asked me how the dimensions of my, my grass back there and he I was just thinking I was like what if I just said like it's three yards by 15 yards like he'd have no idea what I was talking about <laughs> unless he <laughs> <He's> did <dumb>. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he was British or whatever, where yards come oh, from. Shit. Those are meters.
0: Or have he played football or something?
2: I do agree with Harbaugh. He's like, I wanted to do this
1: for the, for the players to keep the streak going. Why the hell not? Okay. So Fuck it. So
0: it's appropriate to keep the foot on the gas if you're chasing a record for the sake of a player or the team. Is that a general consensus then here?
1: Yeah. Why not?
0: Yeah. But in any other circumstance, dick move.
1: Well, it depends. I mean, they went for it. I mean, but if you think about it, remember that when Strahan set the sack record and Favre just laid down and let him lay on him and he
2: got the sack record? Like, that that's a big record, though. Like, that's a big record. Like, who yeah. really cares? I don't even know what it is. Or is anyone going to remember that they, that they rushed for over 100 yards in 10 straight games? Yes.
0: Yeah. It is a pretty stupid record.
2: Here's my question. We, we always talk about Bill Belichick as the greatest coach of all time. Like, do you think he would have done that? Yeah. No. I do. I don't. He's very aware of,
1: he's very aware of the history of the league. And if he could do that for his players, I think he would.
2: I don't know. He's such a by-the-book guy. You think Bill Belichick cares about, he cares about winning Super Bowls? He doesn't care about rushing for 100 yards in 10 straight games. I thought it was more than that.
1: Uh, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was like 40 games. 43 or something, or something like that. Maybe, maybe it was that. 10 but 43, you got to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. We all tuned in for Tom Brady's return to Foxborough on Sunday night, and the game came down to the wire. The Bucks would ultimately win 19-17 to after Nick Folk failed to convert a 56-yard field goal into a potential game winner for the Patriots, Ten, I would ask you a question about the game, but you fell asleep in the first quarter. Explain yourself.
1: Well, I fell asleep in the third quarter. <laughs> I had a long day, and I couldn't stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I couldn't do it. Um, but more importantly, I blew another pick on the Patriots yeah. last week. Yeah, zero and four, huh? Yeah, on four. We'll get Let there. me
2: remind you. Let me remind you. You can pick any game. This isn't like a. This isn't I one know. of those like pick the spread of every game. This is like you get to look at every single spread and pick one game.
1: Well, Drew, I'll give you my winning pick later on in the show. In our oh, morning, morning.
2: hey, speaking of Bill Belichick, I have a question. Uh, hopefully, Ken caught the highlights uh, when he woke up. On I did first take at five in the morning or whatever yeah, That's Greeny. Sure greeny uh <laughs> sorry greeny <laughs> you can never miss a green you watch, never misses a greeny show you watch greeny twice every day <laughs> <laughs> but you I, I i do think it's interesting like we've talked so much about this chargers coach uh, staley that uh has really been going forward on fourth downs went for the touchdown it's interesting that bill belichick doesn't get questioned in a situation like this because he kicked a 56-yard field goal in the pouring rain. And even if they made it, there's still a minute on the clock with Tom Brady getting the ball. Like, would any of us doubt that Tom Brady was going to, like, lead them down for the win Anyway, I don't know,
1: man. I mean, I don't know. He, he threw some bad, ball, bad weather balls, man. It looked like some balls got away from him. Can't, very I, accurate. Like, I know you were asleep, but it was pouring
2: rain. <laughs> I know. I knew that it was raining, Drew. I saw that part of the game. Well, it started raining even harder after you went to sleep.
0: But, I mean, how many times before has Tom done it with 59 seconds left on the clock? Anyone should know. That's why I wanted folk to make it. I wanted to see it. And it would have been the most, like, perfect ending to that game for Brady to give Belichick a dose of the medicine that they had created together over the years. It would have been amazing
2: no i totally i totally agree with you and if tom brady's on the patriots for some reason that field goal goes in yes you know what i mean yeah it's crazy that how that works it's just
0: because he like blows a kiss at it as it's kicked
1: Uh, hey one thing i did see one thing i did see were the facial expressions of belichick's son and his god
0: what Where where are we even gonna go with this one? I mean that guy looks like you know he walked right off the set of Deliverance.
1: <laughs> he looks like fucking like Joe Dirt stunt double or something like that. Yeah, that was, like the mullet man. It, it, it's not it doesn't really work for him. I don't think. I mean, but what do I know about hair? I don't have. I haven't had any <clears> since the 90s. <throat> what do
2: I know? Back to my point, it wasn't like fourth and thirteen. It was fourth and three you're now asking your kicker to make a very long field goal and then have your defense make a stop in the pouring down rain rather than get a fourth and three worst case scenario, you burn some more clock off the, you burn some more clock. And then you have like a 35 yard field goal, 45 yard field goal, something makeable. Like, I mean, 10 years ago, nobody was making 56 yard field goals. Like that's a, that's a not a chip
0: yeah. shot. Yeah, the 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 like over fifty amount of over fifty yard field goals that are kicked now is. is I uh, just
2: think it's interesting that that was not. Uh, it wasn't a topic of discussion. Everybody wanted to talk about how long Billichick and Brady hugged each other for, and all that stuff. And it's like, Going in the locker room. Well,
0: yeah, I mean the the reason they want to do that is because the hug that they did have at the end of the game looks like the hug you give a blind date you never want to see again. I mean, I know that they allegedly talked in the locker room after the game, which I hope was about Subway sandwiches or something, but it was. I'm just saying,
2: if 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 it was Mike McCarthy that made that decision, people would be like be getting on killed. his ass. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. I agree with you. But you know what? The thing at the end of the day is Tampa Bay might have won, but I'm not sure the Pats really lost. You know, I mean, Nick Folk did, obviously. But the rest of them showed up to play. Mac Jones looks like he can hang to me. Yep, they're they're a deceptive one and three with a very good defense and a manageable offense that could well become better as the season goes on and Jones starts to adjust to the NFL and get some more experience under his belt. I have to say, as the fifth quarterback drafted, it kind of looks like the steal of the draft to me so far. Yep,
1: him and Micah Parsons right now.
0: Last week we called this segment the Danger Zone. But we're retitling it to something more appropriate. And we'll only be selecting one overreaction and one
2: underreaction each week moving forward. Drew. All right. My overreaction, I'm taking a little bit of a left turn here. Home field advantage in the NFL really doesn't exist anymore. And people, I feel like, aren't talking about it. Um, so, so far this year, home teams are 31 and 33, which is a 48% winning percentage, even though Vegas keeps giving home teams a couple points here or there in 2020, they also had a losing record, but it was only by one game. So they've actually gotten worse in 2021 with fans in the stands than they were in 2020 with fans outside of the stands. Wow. And this is very, this is very anecdotal, but if you remember week one, the saints biggest win of the year was at home in Jacksonville against the Packers and then they just lost at their real home in New Orleans to the Giants Huh. and as Mark can attest to as a Seahawks season ticket holder like it used to be a real advantage but I think offensive offenses have realized that they're not going to win in New Orleans and Seattle and Kansas City and a handful of other places without some sort of system to communicate and I just don't think that exists anymore like I go to I go to Seahawks games like the crowd is very loud. I'm not going to lie, but it doesn't seem to affect offenses the same way that it used to. Well, it certainly seems to me like we're not seeing quite
0: as many false starts as as I remember, at least you know, especially going to to Quest and Century Link over the totally agrees.
2: It actually, it to your point, I was watching a Seahawks game and they had a false start, and they showed a they showed a graphic that was like in the last ten years. Uh, the Seahawks had the second most false starts, which great. They have a good crowd, the 12th man, whatever, but the, the team that had the most opponent false starts was the Arizona Cardinals, which has the most transients of any, any team really other than the chargers. And it usually has like a 40, 60 home team ratio there. So like, really, would anyone say that Arizona is the hardest place to play in the NFL? Right. The irony is, too, to me, that it seems to, in the last
0: couple of years, be affecting the defense as much as it is the offense, where they're having a difficult time getting on the same page in terms of what coverage they're going to run, you know, and that it's creating errors on the opposite
1: end of the ball. Perhaps a full-blown coverage. Perhaps. Perhaps a full-blown coverage. Hey, I'll say this to your point, Drew. It is early in the season. And what does that mean? The weather is pretty much perfect, just about everywhere, right? But in another month or two, it's going to start getting rainy. It's going to start getting cold. And then it's going to start snowing. And when you're the Miami Dolphins and you got to go play in New England, that's a huge home field advantage. So as the season goes on, I would would think that that
2: those numbers would trend in the other direction. Do you think Mac Jones has a lot of experience playing in bad weather?
1: Well, the rest of the the rest of the the, the opponents don't as much. They have to practice in it. They play are in it all the time. Look, man. I mean, I, I, when I I love the winter here because it doesn't snow. Right? It's like fifty degrees all the time. And it's still kind of cold, right? But you know, it wasn't comparatively speaking to what I grew up with, and you guys to a degree in the uh, Pacific Northwest, right? Like coming down here, dealing with the heat was like really intense. But everybody who lives here is like, oh, yeah, 90 degrees, 95 degrees is pretty normal. But as the season goes on and it gets colder, I think there's a
2: definite home field advantage to that. I agree. But also, like I like I said before, that the home team had a losing record in 2020. And just because there wasn't fans, the weather didn't change.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be Rudy versus Beautiful Mind, and, you know, either the numbers or the belief are going to win out.
1: (laughs) We'll see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Let's check back. All right, Ken, give me your underreaction. Uh, Being the fat, chubby-legged junior high kid that I was, I was kind of thrust into into the realm of offensive line play. And I just don't think teams take enough heat for not building their team from the inside out. Granted, there are extenuating circumstances. Like, maybe they played a better defense with really good pass rushers and it didn't matter who the offensive line was. Maybe their quarterback didn't adjust to protection in his cadence. And, you know, that was the issue. But I just don't think offensive line play, like, teams should be getting fucking killed. Like, if I... I would be drafting offensive linemen in the first round as much as fucking possible, as much as possible. That's where the game's won and lost. If you look at the teams that have allowed the most sacks, number one is the Tennessee Titans. They've also had 152 dropbacks, right? Okay. Or 152 attempts. Two is the bears. Three is the jets. Four is the dolphins, all bad offensive lines, right? Right. Cleveland, All right, we'll throw them out. They actually have a really good offensive line. Then Denver. And then the Raiders, they don't have a great offensive line. Derek Carr was running for his life last night, right? So all these teams are giving up having their quarterbacks get pounded. So, I mean, what what does that tell you? Probably a good idea to fucking invest in your offensive line, which is going to protect your biggest investment. Well, look, you don't have to convince me,
0: Ken. You know – who I thought should have gone first in the draft, your quarterback's going to be the highest paid person on your team most of the time. It seems silly to me not to invest in the wall that's going to protect that guy. So I couldn't agree with you more, Ken. I I think offensive line is critical. It also is going to open up your run game, which will in turn open up the pass game. It seems like a good place to spend money or spend draft picks, and I do not think Enough draft picks are spent taking, you know, better potential offensive linemen in the draft because the rest of the picks are a lot sexier if they seem like they're going to produce offense um, that we like to talk about on a podcast or that you, you know, like to take advantage of drafting in fantasy. And it's sort of a shame that these guys aren't relevant, you know, in fantasy and, you know, typically aren't discussed that much. Um, on podcasts just because their job is to make sure nothing happens.
1: Yeah, yep, exactly. Having your name not mentioned on TV is probably a lot better for you. But I think NFL fans with the uh, amount of coverage that the league gets, 24-hour coverage, I think NFL fans are astute enough to know that if your team takes an offensive lineman in the first round, it's probably a fucking great pick. Because let's be real, offensive linemen kind of work out. They kind of do like, you know, there are very few that you could be like, that That guy was like Jonathan Ogden was a bust. Like,
2: no. <laughs> I think you have a great point there, but the interesting thing is when you do take that offensive lineman, whatever you get a, you get a B or a C in the draft grades because it's not like this sexy running back or it's not this wide receiver or it's not, it, it's like people don't really know who he's going to be. So People are kind of a slave to this like media coverage culture. Maybe you'll be happy if it's an offensive lineman as a fan.
1: Well, dude, I mean, the Chargers took Rashawn Slater in the first round. They were praised for it. And a lot of people thought he might have been the best lineman in the draft. All apologies to Mark and his favorite player of all time. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) How dare you, sir? Ain't no party like a polyponic party party, as a polypony don't stop. <laughs>
0: it don't stop. Another week. Another missed parlay. We're fully blown it here on full-blown coverage, guys. But it's not Drew's fault. He's sitting pretty at four and one, including his week four veto replacement pick. I'm an unremarkable one and three, and Ken. Ken is the uh, the bomb tradey of FBC at 0-4. Drew, you're the only one of us who hasn't shamed the pod. How will you maintain your nearly untarnished reputation?
2: <laughs> okay. New England lost, but we all, we all said they kind of won. Mm-hmm. Uh, people will agree and Vegas will agree that the Buccaneers are still uh, one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. They lost by a field goal miss at the end. Maybe they would have lost, but it was a close game. Meanwhile, the Houston Texans are trending in the completely wrong direction, losing 4-0 last week. I just don't think 10 points is enough. I think we all agreed Mac Jones looked pretty good. So for the first time in my parlay party, which might be a bad choice, I'm taking a favorite, and I'm taking New England to cover against the Texans. There is a part of me that
0: wants to hate this pick only because I hate high spreads. However, the only team they've beat is the Jags. And the the Jags, as we've already discussed, are a fucking mess. They lost to the Browns by 10 points. They lost to the Panthers by 15. And then they lost to the Browns by 40. I don't think it's an unreasonable bet here to make that they're going to lose by double digits.
1: They're pretty fucking bad. They're bad. They're really fucking bad. And and what's his name? Davis Mills. Davis Mills, General Mills. You know, <laughs> named after a fucking cereal. Why does he look like
0: it looks like when you see pictures of him, it looks like somebody dressed like a football jersey on like an index finger or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what's going
0: on with his neck? He looks like he's a giraffe person.
1: He looks like a Pez dispenser with his helmet on, but yeah, they suck. They're bad. Just,
0: but he's just coughing up interceptions.
1: Yeah, perfect. There you go. Hence the nine and a half. <laughs> all right, Ken, where are you going? Well, first of all, I prefer to be called the Rich Cotite of the parlay party. Maybe the worst <laughs> NFL head coach of all time. Um, and I mean, at this point, does it really matter what games I pick? It's really the kiss of death. Right. I'm like mush from a Bronx. Well, I guess
0: the the positive spin to this is if you want to win every week, don't make a parlay bet, just make a single bet and do the opposite of whatever Ken tells you to do.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm going with Carolina minus three and a half at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I know home field advantage doesn't exist anymore in the NFL, according to some people that are present company. But why the fuck? Why not? I'm going Carolina, minus three and a half at home.
0: I like it. My pick is Arizona, minus five and a half versus 49ers. I just think Arizona looks that good to me. And having watched our game, Seahawks game, against 49ers last week, and knowing that they're banged up, who even knows if Jimmy G is playing? I just, until I see Arizona lose, I'm taking them by anything that's Less than a touchdown.
1: Quality pick.
0: Should say, and we haven't done this before on a previous pod, but we're going to start doing it going forward. If you were to make this parlay, it'd be plus five ninety five, which means one hundred dollars returns six ninety five, net profit of five ninety five. Ah, uh, pretty decent take and uh, not unreasonable, I don't think. But Drew, you ultimately get to decide that with our new rules. Are
2: you exercising a veto on either Ken's pick or mine? You know what, guys? I think I'm going to let you ride this week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fall on our own swords, sir. The only one that's interesting to me, which I thought about pulling the trigger on, like I think the Bills are the best team in the NFL right now, and, and they're not the favorite, and they're not the favorite this week. I agree. So, with you. Part of me wants to take the Bills. Um, Kansas City's defense has looked terrible. Josh mm-hmm. Allen looks like the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm kind of yes. talking myself into it right now. I think they got
1: something to prove, too. I think they got, they got, they got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder in that game because, like, you know, Josh Allen probably is like, dude, I'm, I'm, I think I, I'm better than this Mahomes guy. I got, I got a chance to prove it head-to-head. Head.
0: If you added the Bills and went for a four-game parlay here, you would be plus 12.58. Now, to offer a counter parlay. Since we've been so dismal, we're bringing our buddy, Poopy, who's hit a few parlays this year for a special Poopy. welcome to the pod and give us your stinking picks, man.
3: Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. Look, I'm really watching Detroit this week. I think Detroit has the ability to beat Minnesota. They are not the team that we want them to be or that we ever thought they were. I understand that Kirk Cousins is a decent quarterback, but, you know, if you look at his record, he's lost more games than he's won. Mm-hmm. And when, you, when you're playing against Detroit, now they have Jared Goff, and I don't think he's going to go
0: 5-0. and Are you kidding me? That's why I kind of like the pick. I mean, it's a gamble, but I feel like a Detroit 0-4, they have to win one sometime, right?
3: Yes, they have to. I think Jared Goff has this and and I'm just feeling it. You know, that's, that's the poopy pick of the week for sure.
0: I like it. And and by the way, you're picking Detroit on the money line. You're not picking them on the spread. You're picking them straight up to win.
3: Yeah. Money line, money line. Detroit will win. That's that's plus 280 right there. And then I'm thinking, you know, I love Cincy. Joe Burrow is going to be a hall of fame quarterback. He is the real deal. He will win. And anytime I can bet on Cincinnati, I think I like it. Green Bay, you know, is what it is. And then the Raiders, you know, honestly, I like Chicago more than the Raiders, but the Raiders have been winning. And and Derek Carr, I don't like him that much. But, hey, you know, I'm not going to lie. He's a good quarterback. He can throw the ball.
0: If you go Detroit, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, you're getting – plus 1,124, pretty nice odds. With Chicago, you're at plus 2,448. And it's kind of great because it's the Wizard of Oz bet. It's Lion, Tigers, and Bears.
3: (laughs) No, I was actually, I I literally saw that. Yeah, lions, Tigers, Bears, oh my. The Chicago Bears, Montgomery, isn't going to be able to do what he did last week.
0: If he even plays.
3: You know, and without Montgomery, Chicago doesn't have a team.
0: Well, I like these picks. So, we'll okay. uh, we'll have you back on next week. We'll see how they how they land over the weekend. And thanks so much for the picks.
3: Absolutely. When you're when you're betting money, don't bet to be right. Bet to make money. That's right. That's the poopy way.
0: That's the poopy philosophy. For our complete weekly picks, check out at Full Blown CVG on your favorite social media platform.
1: We're
0: back with bargains, Kent. You're known as the TJ Maxx of fantasy.
1: Who's in your basket? Hey, you know what I was thinking beforehand? Dude, TJ Maxx? That'd be kind of like a cool superhero's name. Don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Except it wouldn't because TJ Maxx actually exists. Well, TJ Maxx is also very cheap. What what is his superpower? You can always find a deal? Uh, he has maximum strength. I don't know. He gets maximum erections. Um, wasn't, there,
0: uh, wasn't there a video game called like Max
1: Power or something? Max Power. That was the name that Homer Simpson tried to name himself in the Simpsons. Rename yeah. himself Max Power. But his friends could call him Tej. would be fucking great. My dumpster diving, by the way, unlike my picks, has not been a dumpster fire. But this week, to Drew's point about the Buffalo Bills being the best team in the league, I'm taking tight end Dawson Knox. I like that pick. Good name, too.
2: Eh, I was going to say good name, but it also sounds like it could be like Hollywood's latest hot chick named Dawson Knox.
1: Dawson's <laughs> Creek, Drew's favorite show growing up. Yeah, oh,
2: You act like I had a TV. <laughs> I'm going with uh, third and Renfro. Yeah. Hunter. through uh, Through four weeks in PPR leagues, he has double digit points every week. He's seen... Over six targets in every week, as we saw in Monday Night Football, he runs some clean routes. I think he's going to be Derek Carr's little uh, go-to guy, and it's always nice to find those um, those little gem dudes that even in a bad week will get you like six yards for eight, six catches for eighty yards.
0: Totally, especially when you're trying to fill out a roster. He's a deal at forty-nine hundred. Dawson Knox gone for forty-three hundred. I'm going with Jalen Waddle. He's at 4,800. He's got 25 receptions on 30 targets in four games. He's averaging over six receptions per game, granted only 50 yards with a 25% chance of a touchdown. And the latter two may sound low, but I only expect the yardage to increase in the touchdowns to come as Will Fuller is out again this week. And they're playing a Tampa, De- Tampa Bay defense, which means you know Miami is going to be trailing. They're going to be forced to throw the ball. Anyone under 5K is a bit of a gamble, but I think there are potential dividends to collect if you choose to waddle for a win.
1: Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> waddle for a win? Like a penguin?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know. Can, can I, Can you know, we only, we only put comedy first here. The Seahawks will be in their awful action green uniforms Thursday night when they host the Rams. And I can admit this because both Drew and I are lifelong Seattle fans. And while we might detest the alternate unis, we love a good throwback and we think teams that play on Thursday night should have to wear them. Drew, who has the best throwback jersey or what is the best throwback jersey a team should have or be wearing?
2: Man, so I don't know. There were some rumors that next season they're going to allow NFL teams to actually wear different helmets. That's been the biggest problem with throwbacks. Mm -hmm. Because, I I mean, as a Seahawks fan, I'd be completely stoked if we were wearing our silver and uh, royal blues tomorrow instead of the uh, highlighters. But – the number one most excited as a neutral fan I would be is to see the Tampa Bay Bucks Creamsicles oh, back out there. Dude,
1: that was a great one.
2: Awesome. Good one. It was hit. a great one. It, it was I, a great I was going to say, too. The Bucks Creamsicles would be my number one. But I will say, like, the Bucks uniforms now are not the worst in the NFL. The biggest downgrade was the Broncos' throwbacks to their now uniforms. Like, the Broncos got to go back to the D with the horse flying through it, more royal blue, bright orange. Those things were sweet. So, Yeah, I agree. Well, my my first pick, they
1: actually went back to them and that's the Chargers. The Chargers uniforms, old school uniforms are beautiful. And they kind of have them now, like the Chargers uniforms are sweet. However, I'm going to go with the now defunct Houston Oilers. Mm-hmm. Those are great uniforms, too. Earl Campbell, Warren Moon, um, the tearaway jersey on Monday night. Yeah. yeah. Houston Lewis. Those are good, man.
0: I'm also going way back. I think the Kansas City Chiefs should adopt a slightly revised version of the Dallas Texans jerseys before they move to Kansas City. You know, the one with the state of Texas on the helmet and the star signifying yeah. the city of Dallas,
2: except mm-hmm. they should switch the state. To Missouri and the star of Kansas City. I thought those things were dope. I can't I can't disagree with that. I think we can all agree that it's better than whatever this color rush thing that's been happening lately is. If you've got a
0: topic or question you'd like us to consider for a future episode, please email fullblowncoverage at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms at FullBlownCBG. That's all we've got for today's episode, but tune in next week for more. Full-blown coverage. We're fucking blown, guys. Full-blown.